This is the one for the ladies. That's the one. All right, fantastic. I'll pop it down over here to... You can just share that one now. I'll just get my, my phone. Let's turn the lights up a little bit, or are we okay up here? Oh, we look all right. Fantastic. So, oh, hey, Tracy. How are you? That's good. So just very quickly, um, introduce yourselves and how many kids you've got and how old they are and whether you've got boys or girls. I already know yours, Liz. Um, I'm Liz. Nice and nice and see how, see how close I've got this? I don't want to eat it. Yeah, you got it close <laughs> enough to kiss it. I'm Liz and I have three children. I have an 11-year-old girl, Jessica, a nine-year-old boy, Harrison, and an almost eight-year-old girl, Darcy. Right, so 11 through till eight. Yes. Awesome. I, hello, I'm Carolyn. Um, I have three girls, and they're all in their 40s, and I have two grandchildren. Awesome. Um, what else do you want to know? That's enough for now, just so we get a handle. So Carolyn's got older children, awesome. And you, Tracy? I have nice and close like this. That's it. I have <laughs> Try not to lick 12-year-old it. twins. <laughs> Twelve-year-old twin girls. Awesome. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. So seven girls and one boy on the panel. All right, awesome. So what we've got here is I've asked Liz to join us because Liz has got three younger children uh, and homeschools her kids, so she's around them 24 hours a day. You wouldn't know it by looking at her, though. Look how awesome she looks. Oh, she's also my wife, just in case you're thinking, whoa, that is inappropriate. All right. Uh, and Carolyn, you've got three children, but they're all in their 40s. So Carolyn's going to be speaking to, you know, older kids. And then Tracy, you've got two twins that are 12, but you've just had like an intense 18 months, right? Where Tracy and her girls went over to, with uh, her husband, Paul, went over to Germany, relocated their whole family. The whole thing got shut down by COVID, massive, uh, you know, pivot. So Tracy's going to be speaking to us about how to kind of, you know, parent your kids through transition. This is not going to take long, okay? We're aiming sort of 15, 20 minutes. I've only got a couple of questions for each person because I appreciate that a lot of you got Mother's Day lunches to get to and things like that. So what was that, sorry? We can see the dessert being set out. Oh, let's just flag it. Let's just do that. Nah, just, all right. So, Liz, seeing as you've got the microphone, uh, let's start with you. You're not only a mum, but you homeschool your kids as well. So how do you handle being around your kids all day? That's a very good question. <laughs> how do I handle it? Um, I guess like any mum, I do what I need to do to get through the day. Um, but I think the main thing for me, I mean, everyone, when you say, oh, I homeschool, most people say, oh, I wouldn't have the patience for that. That's generally what every mum says. I wouldn't have the patience for that. To be tr truthful, I don't have the patience for that either. Um, and, you know, I'm not a saint. I don't have more patience than any other mum. Um, but I knew that I needed to work on my patience because my main goal is to raise kids that I want to be around. Um, and so homeschooling, I am doing my best to want to be around my kids and to teach them how to how to be awesome kids so that I want to be around them. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I get through it. I just take every day as it is and try and teach them to be yeah. less annoying. Awesome. Is it <laughs> Yeah. With with moderate success, I'd have to say. 
about our kids. I remember waking up one morning by my two kids screaming at each other, the youngest two. Darcy was about five, Harrison must have been six or seven. They were nothing out of each other. Woke me up, Saturday morning, Dad's not happy. Went in there, what is going on? And the whole thing was because Darcy had given Harrison an invisible cookie and he was eating it with his mouth open, which is <laughs> disgusting. <sighs> Far out, right? But there's a real nugget in there, which is that you raise children that you want to hang around because your kids are only kids for five minutes and then they're adults for ages, right? And so many parents just have this attitude of, I just need to get through this time and just, you know, I don't like my kids, but that's just what parenting is. And then they turn 18, 19, 20 and you still don't like them. And now you've got them for the next, you know, 50, 60 years. But if you can focus on raising kids that you want to hang around with, then when they become adults, they're adults that you want to hang around with, right? Which is awesome. Uh, Carolyn, we've got a, a couple of young women in the church that are due to have their first kid uh, any minute now. Um, if you could give them a pearl or two of wisdom, as someone who's got far more mother experience than, than pretty much anybody here, um, you know, three kids in their 40s, only because you had kids when you were like six. Um, what, uh, what would be a pearl or two of wisdom for, for the young women sitting here this morning that are thinking, I'm, I'm about to have a kid or I'm going to have a kid at some point? What would your go-to bits be? Well, there's such a lot of information out there and everybody wants to tell you the best way to do things. And sometimes it's overload. And sometimes if you go to the internet, you get absolutely lost and you don't know what's right and what's wrong. And so I would say probably um, if you want some information or you want some help, go to somebody you trust. Mm -hmm. I would also say uh, don't be afraid of making a mistake. Yeah. Because everybody thinks that you should be perfect when you're bringing up children and everybody has an opinion about what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing or this is, this is what's happening because you did this or whatever. Mm. But... Those little wee tiny gorgeous little human people are actually quite resilient um, when you come to think of it. And they can actually cope with the fact that you as your mum makes mistakes. And so I think that um, if you are okay about making mistakes, you relax a bit more. The children don't pick up any tension from you that you're scared to make a mistake. And so they relax a bit more too and... Uh, you feel a bit more confident about doing this job, and so I think that would be one of the things that I would say. Awesome. You're right. They're very hard to break, kids, aren't they? You're right. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. That's fantastic. And find someone that you trust to get advice from, because you're right. You can get just overloaded with advice. Everyone, have you noticed how many people have opinions on how to raise kids that don't have kids? What's that about? Right? You can get opinions everywhere. So find someone that you, you exactly, find someone that's experienced. Like I wouldn't take financial advice from someone who was broke. Right? I wouldn't take marriage advice from someone whose marriage had just blown up. So don't take parenting advice from people that don't have kids. Just tell them to get stuffed. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Just thank them, thank them for their concern and then go rent to your partner afterwards. All right, thank you. That's great advice, Carolyn. Tracy, speaking of kids being resilient and being able to bounce back, um, you guys have had a lot of change in the, your life over the last 18 months. You were here and then you were in Germany and you have to learn a new language and a new culture and then COVID and everything changed and kids are in new schools and, and then you're only there for a year and then you're back here and it's lockdown and 
quarantine and all that kind of stuff. Um, what advice would you give to mums about how to equip your kids to handle change well? Because you guys have come back and your kids seem relatively unscarred by the whole thing. I mean, you and Paul look, but your kids seem, seem fine. How did you negotiate them through all of that change? Um, well, I think the big thing is you've got to focus on the positive. I acknowledge the challenges, always acknowledge the challenges, give, the, give them a voice for it, but then I move them on to, okay, well, these are things we can't control. What are some things we can control? Mm. Um, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Keep the fun together, support. Yeah. This is your team. We're here for each other. We've got each other's backs. If they had a bad day at school, um, I'd say, you know, everyone has bad days. It doesn't make a bad life. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so acknowledge, first of all, acknowledge like, and listen to them. Like acknowledge you have had a bad day. And it must be a lot more fun to complain about a bad day in German than it is in <laughs> In English, right? Because that's a fun language to get really grumpy about. Well, think, so, like they, you know, there was days when they didn't want to go to school, and I'd say, "Yeah, look, I understand that, but you know, you have to go to in Germany. It's illegal to not go to school. It's not like in New Zealand. You can't just say, okay, you can stay at home today. Um, it's a legal requirement. You get in a lot of trouble if your children do not turn up to school.' That is so German. So, um, you know, again, it, it was it wouldn't be helpful if I went, um, yeah. Sucks, but I would just say you've got to think about you know there's oh, there might be children at school that need a friend like you, so mm. go with the smile on your face, um, you know be there to learn, try and learn as much as you can, and um, yeah. you'll be surprised. But if I said to them, if you go in thinking it's all going to be horrible, that's exactly what you'll experience. Yeah. If you've got to keep yourself looking up all the time, looking up. Because if I, and that's from my own personal experiences, I've learned that. That's yeah. been a real eye-opener for me. And, you know, I've got to learn to model the behaviour that I want to see in them. <laughs> so it's no good me telling them to, to do that and be brave and go out there and face the world. And I'm sitting in the apartment going, I don't want to leave today. <laughs> it's too hard. Yeah, um, yeah so. That's awesome. I, I think my children are, are the way they are despite me sometimes. But... <laughs> 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 All right, very good. Thank you for that. Uh, Carolyn, seeing as you're next uh, in line, what are, what are some of the biggest changes? Because you've been mum for the longest stretch of time, three kids in their 40s. So, I mean, you were parenting in like the 70s? That's, is that right? Late 70s. Yeah, before I was born. Anyway, um, what, what are some of the... Just, thanks, honey. What are some of the biggest changes that you have observed in the way society or culture parents now compared to when you started parenting? Like people that are raising, you know, new kids, four, five, six-year-old. We've got a lot of stuff to deal with that was not even on the radar, you know, 40 years ago. So what are some of the things that you've seen shift around how society parents now compared to how it parented 40 years ago? And what do we need to be aware of as Christian parents? I found this quite hard to think about. Um, there are the obvious things that leap to mind, like um, maybe the way we discipline children. When I was, when John and I were bringing our children up, it was okay um, to give them a smack if they uh, deserved it. Now it's not. Um, there is 
I would say that, that there is a really um, good reason why we don't do that um, through looking at history, parents abusing children um, by um, smacking them too much, all those sorts of things. Um, but at the same time, there was a backstop that you had with your children and your children knew that if they pushed you too far, they would get a smack. I didn't do it very much. We didn't do it very much at all. But it was like there was a backstop that they knew that that was the ultimate and um, it was a deterrent. Now, today we don't have that. And so we have to think of other ways of disciplining our children. And I think in one way that's a really, really good thing because it makes parents sit down and reason and talk things through with their children, whereas once maybe they would just give them a smack and that would do. But now you've got, um, well, I, I don't know how parents, how a variety of parents do this, but um, I would imagine that you would send your child to your room, give them time to uh, calm down after being cross with you or you being cross with them, and then you could sit down and you could chat with them and uh, have a little, um, a good conversation, a deep conversation, the opportunity to have a deep conversation about what has happened and why and what is the way forward. So that's a good change, mm. the way that, that the communication with your children. Um, I, do th I do think that, yeah, no, I'll leave that one there. <laughs> um, another, another change, because that can be a real red herring. Um, another change I think that um, we have seen is that um, we do talk today, in, in today's society, a lot more openly about any type of thing, any um, topic whatsoever. Um, it, when I was growing up, there was a lot of taboo subjects. You just didn't even go there. When my children were growing up, there were things that, well, we could talk about most things, but today it seems that nothing is off the table. And so there is this very open communication or a, a, a situation where a child can say anything and do anything because today children are encouraged to be independent, to say what they think and to um, take charge of the situation. There are good things and bad things about that too. Some of the good things are that children feel free to express themselves, that there is a lot less gender-dictated roles that they have to play. Um, when the, our girls were growing up, there still was a lot of gender-dictated situations where they were expected to do this and not expected to do that. So now it's a lot more open. Children are able, um, boys or girls, are able to do jobs that were once not deemed um, the best for them. So that's, that's um, a change that I've seen. You could go straight into the technology situation. I mean, we didn't have to contend with cell phones. Now you do. And I think one of the main things that comes out of this is that such a big, big need to talk through things and to communicate, keep your communication open. Mm. Just what you were saying, um, you just talk it through. And um, we did. We talked through things with our children, but not to the extent that I think you need to now. And you have to let children say what their fears are. You have to let them say what their... Um, what their concerns are, because 
you don't know what they are unless they are able to express them and you don't know how to help them. And so I think that in that way, the freedom to talk about things and, and, the, and the encouragement that the education system gives them, which I could, is another whole big thing, but um, to say what they think. Mm. I think as good parenting, we can um, enter into their world a lot more maybe than we used to. Sure. So you see a lot of the changes you would say, um, actually there's an opportunity for you to engage with your kids and communicate with them on a wide variety of topics um, and they have a wider variety of opportunities to move forward into that they had when you were raising kids. Um, and you're saying it's it's possibly more important to be communicating with your kids all the time now than it might have been 30, 40 years ago just because of the mm. stuff that they're having to deal with. Mm. Mm. Yeah? Yes. Awesome. Very, very good advice. Thank you. Pass that over to Liz. We'll just do one more question with Liz and then maybe one more with you, Tracy, and, uh, and then we can, because I'm eyeing up that food, man. That looks pretty awesome. Um, Liz, is it hard being a mum when you're married to the best dad in the world? Sorry, that, don't know how that got in there. Wait a it second. Didn't, it didn't help that you had already been learning about parenting before we even got married. Did and I? You, you'd listened to, who was it? The oh, radio yeah. guy. I got obsessed with James Dobson. Anyone know who James Dobson is? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, was, Josh's mum um, noticed the strong willness in Josh pretty yeah. early on and then decided that he needed to know all about raising strong-willed children before he got married. Yeah. So that he was well prepared, which was actually brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we finally got one. Yeah. Darcy, oh my gosh. All right, um, Liz, um, mums and dads are very unique. They both contribute to raising healthy children. What do you believe is the main role of a mum? Oh gosh, That's, it's a tricky one. Um, for me, I always think um, consistency is really important. So always being there, always being, in, you know, at the soccer games, even at the you know at the ballet recitals, but just always being there in their lives. So whenever anything happens, you are the person that they go to. Um, you know, it's not always easy. You know, we talked about having patience and wanting to be around your children. Sometimes you don't want to be around them. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes they are strong-willed, like Darcy, and you just want to tell them to go to their room and stay in there all day. Um, but you know, being that person, and, and something that I noticed, um, even with Harrison, which made me go, yeah, okay, so I am his person, is um, actually when he was, he came out, he had a tooth removed um, in hospital, and he came out of um, the anaesthetic, and I always thought, oh, dad's his guy, dad's his guy, and he was, but in that moment when he was coming out of anaesthetic, all he wanted was me. And all, he actually pushed Josh away, which I was like, oh, my goodness, because dad was, dad was his guy. But just in that moment, it made me realize how important the mum role is and how important just always being there, always being the arms around them and, um, and just being the person who sees them and, champion and champions them. Um, and, yeah, just sees who they are. So important. And, um, yeah, that's, I think that is the, if I had to name one. There are so well, many I really awesome appreciate you bringing things. that story up. That was really yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. That was good. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, for me, that's when I realised how important I was. Yeah, I thought, for me, I that thought was when I realised how unimportant I thought he'd I moved was. on from me, to be honest. Yeah. I thought he'd gone, Dad is, Dad is amazing, and Mum, you know, she's around. She, they, they do, they, they, when they're little, they do things like they say, Mum, you stay in the kitchen. Mum, you stay in the kitchen and, and want to go off and play with Dad because eventually you become just 
the person that does things for them, I felt anyway, but just realizing actually how important those things that I did were mm. and how important it was that consistency and always being there to yeah. you know help them with their breakfast and always being there to make tea at awesome. night actually really important. Well, it yeah. sounded like you really needed that moment, yeah. so that's great. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. All right. Um, one more for you then, Tracy, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much, guys. Um, Tracy, if you could give a mum who might feel like she's struggling uh, a word of encouragement this morning, what would that word be? Well, I think Carolyn uh, touched on it with the um, making mistakes. <laughs> I think there's a lot of pressure on mums to get it all right all the time and it's just not possible and um, I I relaxed I think a couple of years ago when I realised a bit like what you said kids are incredibly resilient I do the best that I know how to do it's not always right but um, yeah they I mean kids think they you're, you're their superhero I think must mums forget that um, we're so busy looking at other people and how they do everything. But to, to, to our children, we're superheroes. We feel like we fail, but they don't see that. And um, I actually, I think it was church a few years ago, they gave out bookmarks on Mother's Day. And I've still got my bookmark. It really spoke to me. As, and I was struggling with my motherhood. It's not been an easy ride for me. But it said... Um, it makes me, it tears me up. So, because it's true, it said um, there's no way to be a perfect mum, but there are a thousand ways to be a good mum. Mm. And um, yeah, so yeah, and I've just, it, it's taken me a while. I mean, my girls are, are going to be 13 in September, but for the first time in a long time, I can actually look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm a good mum. Mm. And and that's, um, yeah, that's, so anyone struggling out there, and I think we hide it. I mean, I will say to young mums, especially mums with newborns now, in, in those baby years, they're tough. They're, they're rewarding, but they're tough. And it's okay to have days where you want to sit in the corner <laughs> and rock. <laughs> it's actually okay, and most of us experience it at some stage, even if we don't tell people that that's quite, a, yeah. yeah. But yeah, being a being a good mum's not about getting it right all the time, and and it is okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no way to be a perfect mum, but there's a thousand ways to be a good mum. That's that's a good one. Yes, sure. Um, I I just want to share one other thing, and um, and this isn't just because we're sitting in a church that I'm saying this, but I could not have survived without um, bringing my kids daily to God in prayer. And it, this is not a cliche. This is a real-life um, survival skill. God wants us to bring everything to him in prayer. And there are so many, so many times when you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to say as a mother. You don't know your children are not behaving and they're not doing what you want them to do. And what is happening is, and, and I'm, I'm thinking more of the teenage years here, but also when you're little, they're little, it, it applies as well. You just, you don't, haven't got the knowledge. And wherever you turn, you, there's nobody that's got the answer for you. And to take your kids to God in prayer is the only way. 
And I have constantly, every day, said, Lord, you've got to give me the wisdom to, to know how to deal with them because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And I just constantly have always, right through bringing our children up, asked for that request. And I did, I did um, text my kids and say, have you got anything that you could help me with in this to share? And that is, to my... To my sort of surprise, that was one thing they said. You you give insightful things to people. You have comments to make that help. You 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 support. You show, and I can only say it's only because God has answered that prayer. Mm. Because I didn't have it in me, but God gives the wisdom that you need. And I just remember one of our children. We had a little bit more difficulty in her teenage years than the other two. Um, and um, I, would, I wouldn't know what she was getting up to. And so I would go, God, show me what you need to show me if I need to know it. And so often I would be saying to her, oh, so you actually, no, this didn't happen often, but often I would be able to say something that, she, that I found out somehow um, through, a, through whatever. And I would, like one time I... I I uh, faced her with the fact that she actually skipped school and she went into town instead. And she looked at me and she said, how do you know? And then she said, you always know when I do something wrong. Why? And all I could say, I didn't say it to her, but all I could say was, thank you, Lord, because you showed me what I needed to show when I needed it. And you gave me the wisdom to know how to deal with it. So that would be my final So pray for your kids. Pray for your kids every day. Pray for your own wisdom. For your own sanity, but yeah. your own wisdom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great place to finish, right? Pray for your kids. Awesome. Well, thank you, Liz, Carolyn, Tracy. Give them a round of applause. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You can go. Awesome. Hey, that's it, eh? Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Enjoy the Mother's Day spread that we have out there. Mums first, women first. Then dads and kids, we can, we can get stuck in. So go find someone, give them a high five, give them a hug, say happy Mother's Day. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming, and we'll see you back here next Sunday at 10 o'clock. We're going to kick into how to hear the voice of God, how to pray. It's going to be awesome. God bless.